This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. everybody, we're the Mentormers, your bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports. I'm Jamie, I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm very good. As, uh, you know, as, as a Mentormers representative, I'd like to welcome everyone into Klezmer season, otherwise known, <laughs> as, otherwise known as the season in which co-workers awkwardly wish you a happy hug Hanukkah thing. Yeah, something. Uh, it's, something. It's, it's right on the edge of Hanukkah. Uh, we're taping this just a few days before the first day of Hanukkah. Uh, which I'm sure everyone is excited for. Do you have a, a family, big family party? Anything we going do. On? It's it's become sort of a World Cup finals party. Um, oh, nice. I think the I think it was like scheduled to be because you know now there's you know there's I guess six, seven, seven great grandchildren in the like right. you know extended family. So my bubby is you know we're, we're having it at my aunt's house. We're all going in the in the day. It's not we don't do dinner anymore. The kids are too young, so everything mm-hmm. is a lunch. And we're having a Hanukkah right. lunch, which has become a World Cup finals watch party at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. We actually do have Argentinian family. We we oh. are recording this sort of the night of Argentina's South American or uh, semifinal win. Um, so, you know, they'll be dancing on the streets of Rosario tonight, dancing the Hora in my family. Um, you know, this is it, it, this is reminiscent to a few months ago. Uh, if you'll recall that they they had to move the MLB regular season final games back a few days because of the uh, strike, lockout, whatever it was at the beginning of the season that canceled the first two series. Remember that? Remember that, that was like the biggest thing weighing on all of us? And you know what? Yeah, no, no, ago. I don't. That's that's labor uh, re- relations for you. Yeah. Anyways, but they moved it back and the final games of the season ended up ended up being on the day during Yom Kippur. Uh, and they were daytime games. It was like 3 p.m. on the day of Yom Kippur. And that, there was a lot of like everyone hand-wringing on the internet being like, did no one consider the Jews when they did this? And I think everyone was like, well, we try not to end it on Yom Kippur. But, you know, they, you know the schedule was, was compromised because of that. I um, feel sorry for all of the – all of the uh, you know, we know we have a lot of listeners of this podcast who fit this bill, but the sort of – Jewish Yankees fans who couldn't Mm -hmm. watch Aaron judge hit his 60th home run. Although he wound up doing it after Yom Kippur, but it almost happened on Yom Kippur. The 62nd. I think it happened before. I think it must've been before. It might've no. Well, one way or another, I recall there was not, there was, there was, there was a, a a little cavelling over this. Right. It might've happened the the game, the second last game of the year on the, uh, the air on Colney Dre. Anyways, I was going to say this, it, it reminds me of that because uh, unlike that, when I think there was reasonable apprehension about it being on Yom Kippur, probably not a lot of Qatari soccer executives considering whether or not the World Cup final is also on the first day of Hanukkah. You know, I just I'm going to guess that that really didn't go into their consideration here. No. And it's and you know, if they did, it's not even on the first day of Hanukkah. It's on the day of the first night of Hanukkah. Right. So right, they might have right. gotten that, away that, with true. it there. But for well, all of but the it's families, a, it's a with... nighttime game. But it's a nighttime game in, in, in Qatar. In Qatar time. So in Israel, everyone will yeah. be busy at their dinners. Yeah. But again, I mean, obviously not as uh, important religiously as Yom Kippur and also probably not giving a lot of consideration. But I, I too, am planning on going to our uh, our mutual friend Devin's World Cup party and then 
driving from there to my family uh, Hanukkah party. So that's that's I, the plan. I, I, I we think might there will pop be plenty in of for Jews thirty to forty-five duty. minutes. Yeah. And then what? And, and what would be just to tie, tie a bow on. on on just to tie a bow on the World Cup stuff because we talked about it before. We should say that the two uh, known Jewish athletes, I guess, that that were both on Team USA, uh, were, were knocked out in the first round of the knockout stage. Uh, they lost to the Dutch, uh, John Joe Yedlin and, and Matt Turner. Um, I don't know if there's much Jewish rooting interest at this point. I mean, I guess no, Argentina, think... France, like I, I, I know some Moroccan Jews as, as you do as well. I don't know that they have a lot of like Moroccan nationalist pride in terms of cheering for the soccer team. I, I'd be happy to be proved wrong. You know, if that, if that's the case, you know, yeah, kind of I, hard, but, uh... I, I agree. I think, I mean, I wonder if most of the Moroccan Jews would probably just as equally cheer for France, given that's where most of them wound up. Um, you right. know, you wonder, you look, you look at like the history of Jewish diaspora sports fanism or fandom. Um, and you wonder where they all, you know, came from and went over the years. But I think, I think Argentina to me is my closest bet, just given some, yeah. some family who lives there um, as well. It's, you know, probably I would say, uh, you know, France being a very, very Jewish country, obviously. I'm sick of France. So I think Argentina, you know, at least winning on world soccer. So I think Argentina is, is where I'm going. Plus also they, they, um, you know, in their post-fascist period, they've been a little, a little more friendly to Jews in the last 20 years than they were for a long time. So yeah, if you were to say it, it, is the, it is the birthplace of, of, of known uh, Jewish soccer commentator, Andres Contour. So I, I don't know that he realized like a real rooting interest as, as someone who uh, announces the games, but like, got to figure it in, in his heart of hearts he'd be happy to see argentina win i think i saw something that he set a a personal contour-esque record for a goal on uh one of the quarterfinal goals in argentina's game oh wow so i i think he probably he's lived in america for like most of his adult life but he probably yeah, but i'm gonna guess I, I i'm gonna guess without having researched this he, he's definitely still a big argentina fan so oh yeah uh, cheer cheer for andres is uh andres's squad uh, whoever they're going up against. We don't know if it's France, France, or, France or Morocco yet. And, and uh, good luck to everyone who's who's got to go from, you know, some sort of World Cup party right into right into Hanukkah. Right into Hanukkah. We, I, we actually looked into this for our last couple of, for, you know, our preview episode. There is a history of Jewish soccer in Argentina playing for Buenos Aires and, and Rosario and sort of the major right. cities where Jews have lived. But it hasn't really been relevant in 50 years. You know, in the 60s and <laughs> 70s, there were, there were a good number of Jewish players who played on the national yeah. team, but not necessarily in the World Cup. Um, but you know, soccer's like religion down there. Am I right? <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to sort of spend this episode talking a little bit in retrospect on, on this past year. Uh, you know, it, the, this is probably our last episode of the year or almost certainly our last episode of the year. And at the, you know, we started this year with a look forward and we end it with a look back, you know, a little sunrise sunset. Um, and <laughs> I wanted to go over some of the things that we talked about in our, you know, 2022 preview episode and, and talk about some other things, you know, uh, sticks and rocks from the 2022 season. And and uh, they say Jews season. don't live in the moment. Yeah. And I think we can call us a wrap on season three of Mensch Warmers. You know, we had our first one uh, back in the day at the old, at the old newspaper, what newspaper went away. We came back in March, uh, 2021. And now we've made it all the way to the end of 2022. I mean, you know, we're going into season four. This is a real, this is, this is happening. You know, yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're doing better the, than an HBO Max show. Uh, you know, we're getting renewed. We're, uh, we're, we're lasting. Back. We're certainly lasting longer than any of the other Jewish <laughs> sports podcasts out there. Um, That's right. None, There's only none, enough Jewish sports content to last for one podcast, but somehow 
We're going to stretch it out into eight full years. Into eight seasons of podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of which, if Sage Rosenfels ever wants to come back on the show, we'll have you and just just shoot the shit, man. That guy's cool. Um, so, so the first thing we talked about in terms of a 2022 preview uh, were the two individual sports that Jews have been doing pretty well at. Um, so I wanted to give a little bit of shine to the tennis tennis Jews. Um, and actually the most successful Jew in the tennis world, or, you know, sort of Jewish uh, by by ancestry player, who, who was someone we didn't really talk about at the beginning of this year, is Taylor Fritz, uh, who had a really solid year. A He's ranked in the year. top 10, ranked in the top 10 now. Uh, you know, he made it to the court, I think the quarters at, uh, Wimbledon. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's like a quarter Jewish or something like that. One of his, uh, grandparents founded Macy's or great grandparents founded the Macy's store. Um, and you know, he's someone is, is the Macy's were, were, was Macy's a Jewish store. I feel like it's, it's like, I always imagine it being like the, the goyish side of the Shmada business. I think they all were. I, I think all the big ones like Macy's Sachs, uh, Gimbel's, I don't know. Um, I would assume so. Yeah, I'm I'm looking this up. New York ones are, but yeah, really quickly. Sure David was. May was definitely Jewish, right? Um, from... That's his. That's his great grandfather. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, not not as not as uh, fortuitous a year for uh, Diego Schwartzman. Uh, talking about Argentines to to cheer for. Um, not not a bad year, but nothing sort of uh, building upon his his growing success in 2021. Um, we should say Denis Shapovalov, who is Tel Aviv born. Not sure if he identifies as Jewish necessarily. Um, also not, not, uh, the strongest year necessarily, but was Except part of for his Davis cup win. Yeah. Was part of Canada's winning Davis cup team, which, which was, you know, should have been a big, should have been more celebrated here, but we were all focused on soccer. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, some, some highlights for the tennis juice and, uh, you know, we'll see what they can continue and, to do. And on the lady side, uh, Camilla Georgie, uh, continued her, her, uh, tennis career, um, continued her success career. Didn't get a, a thousand level win like she did last year. Um, but you know, was competitive in a number of tournaments, including majors and, uh, Alina Svitolina, uh, who, you know, obviously had a rough year due to her country being invaded by some bad dudes, uh, is having a baby. So that's nice. Muzzle tov to her. Yeah. Yeah. Muzzle tov to her and her husband, uh, or partner, I don't know, Gail, Gail Monfi and their, uh, new little tennis prodigy to be child. Um, Have, do, has has wish, the baby been born yet? Do we know if the baby's been born yet? I I don't think I saw that, that the baby had been born yet. Um, and I think uh, like it would be too much too early for her to come back for the for the yeah Australian she's Open not or anything like that. She's not going to play, but the baby was born. I have this very okay. very recently. Right. The baby's been born sort of in the last like week or month or so. Yeah, the baby is is seven weeks old as of right now. Um, they're okay. not showing its its face or name on uh, social media, which is. Uh, uh, quite good. Apparently, the baby is named Sky. Um, ah, so, so, Mazel Tov to our new uh, Jewish tennis prodigy, Sky Monfi. Yeah, the the princess, the tennis princess who was promised. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's pretty amazing. The like, just a bit of a sidebar here, but like, it is sort of amazing how like how many, and there haven't been that many, but there have been a few tennis couplings uh, like that have produced children, and between like again like world class men and women having children together. And it's like, I, I can't really think of any other sport where that's happened outside of like, um, Yao Ming's parents who are like, you know, a forced, uh, right. Uh, uh, Alex you know, Ovechkin's party, parents almost certainly yeah, Ovechkin's, were, uh, Ovechkin's parents similar. And like, we, we certainly have lots of stories of like athletes getting married, especially like, I think in the U S college system, like, you know, if you're a division one basketball player, it's easy. You know, the people you're going to hang out with is a division one lacrosse player. And like, that's who you marry. And, and, and that certainly happens. 
Um, but just like within the same sport, I feel like it's happened in tennis. I mean, at least twice. And, and that's yeah. like pretty cool. You know, I mean, they and, travel uh, the world together. It's almost it's almost like a birthright. You know, you go to Wimbledon. That's birthright for tennis players. That's a good point. That is, you know, I hadn't considered that, but that is probably why it's happening is that for the most part, those tennis tournaments are, are happening at the same the, time. The tours are together, right? Like the right. most, most, you know, global tour events, the, the tours are separate. Um, right. But in tennis, they're together. Roger Federer, his wife, um, was a Swiss tennis player who didn't really make it all that far in the WTA, um, but they met right. at the Olympics. You know, she was on the Swiss right. national team uh, and they met at the Olympics many, many years ago and they've been together ever since. Um, I but, mean, even that, even that is sort of amazing because even if she didn't make it as, you know, as a pro with a, you know, 20 year career, like, uh, like Federer did, like, uh, you know, she is still probably at one point was one of the top, I don't know, 500 tennis players in the world. Absolutely. Like I'm sure their and, and their kids will have all the advantage. I, anyways, I don't know if it'll actually result in these kids being tennis prodigies because like, uh, and I'm basing this mostly on reading Andre Agassi's biography, like the way to become <laughs> a, a great tennis player is to have an abusive parent who yes. forces you to do it. Uh, so I'm hoping for better things from these kids. But like from a from a strictly like, uh, I, I, I don't know, ge ge uh, genealogical perspective, these kids have the step that up, that sky know? has a really good career. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about uh, pro golfer Daniel Berger, whose father, Jay Berger, was, a, a you know, a, an ATP tennis player, tennis pro. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in tennis. It could be another sport. Similarly, I've read that Agassi biography, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, Steffi, his wife, also had a pretty rough childhood yeah. playing tennis. And exactly. I think they both sort of said, like, they're not going to have their kids play of tennis. Course. Like, it's too painful for them. Of course. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not uh, you know, saying that these that, that it's all just genetics or anything like that. I'm just saying it is kind of amazing. We'll see what happens. Um, speaking of golf, I, I did want to talk about we did yeah. talk about uh, the two PGA Tour uh, members in our preview podcast. Uh, Daniel Berger, who you just mentioned, who had a pretty rough year. Uh, he fought a significant, I think, back lower back injury uh, yep. this summer, and I think I think he played in the U.S. And, and maybe he played in the British and then withdrew. I can't remember. Yeah, if, he, he withdrew uh, from the. I think he might have withdrawn from the Dunhill the week before. Um, like okay, the warm -up so he hasn't tournament. really played since. Yeah. yeah, so he hasn't played since the end of the summer. Um, not sure when he's been back. Um, and it's too bad because you know he was really you know, top 20 player going into this year and, and really poised for a breakout uh, that didn't exactly come. Uh, but the other one that we typically talk about, Max Homa. Re the really recently named year. Athletic Magazine Golfer of the Year. That's right. Um, and, you know, he won the Fortinet Championship for the second time in a row uh, just a few weeks ago. That's one of the, one of the you know, fall season uh, championships. He won the uh, Wells Fargo Championship, which is a more significant one. And he's going into he's going to be going into 2022 ranked in the top 20, um, um, which which know, would put is, him as again, the it's a Ryder Cup year. He could follow, you know, who were tracking him catching Corey Pavin um, being a Jewish Ryder Cup winner. Um, yeah. So it's ab absolutely possible he gets there. Yeah. And speaking of people uh, bring a new generation to the world, he had his uh, first child as well back in uh, end of October. So congratulations yeah. to him. Uh, Muzzles off to, to his wife uh, going viral as he's wont to do, uh, the, you know, the mayor of <laughs> golf Twitter, as they call him. And uh, now he's now he's the golf dad, uh, uh, the, the golf dad of Twitter, I guess. Um, on the women's side as well, uh, you know, Elizabeth Sokol, a, a golfer we've been following, did not have that good of a season. Um, but uh, sort of on the on the positive side, um, you know, former LPGA veteran 
uh, Daniel Finkelstein, who is Jewish, proudly Jewish, um, you know, UNLV rebel, uh, has got her tour card again. So she'll be back on tour next year. We'll be following her, making sure she's doing well. So a, a sort of a rough year we've got. So I, I would say, you know, the duo of, of uh, Homa and Berger on the men's side and the duo of Finkelstein and Zokel on the mm-hmm. women's side. Right. I'm Meredith Shiner, and I'm the host of a new podcast from Tablet Studios called The Franchise, Jews, Sports, and America. In this limited series, I'll be talking to journalists, athletes, professional sports nerds, and more about the intersections of contemporary Jewish American life and sports culture. This show tackles the big questions like, do we still need Sandy Koufax as our icon? And are the Mets the most Jewish team in sports? And are sports just? But really, it's a show that uses sports as the prism to explore the most pressing issues for American Jews today, from identity to justice to assimilation or lack thereof. The show is serious and fun and serious fun, and I hope you'll listen to the franchise wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, moving on to just a few other stories that we we looked at and and don't need to go into a ton of detail on them. We did prospect at that time the possibility of a Jewish sport, a Super Bowl winner. Uh, I think there had been three straight Jewish Super Bowl winners uh, before that because it had been uh, Edelman who won the MVP, obviously, uh, and then Mitchell Schwartz and Ali Marpet for the Bucks. And then I guess the year after that, um, oh, that was last year. Yeah. So last year yes. it didn't have one. Um and both Ali Marpet and Mitchell Schwartz have both retired now. <laughs> so there are two fewer <laughs> Jewish Super Bowl winners in the league. Um, I, I, I follow Ali Marpet on Instagram and he seems to be just like living a good life, of like like living it up in New York, which is like a pretty fun thing to be doing as like a, I don't know, a 29 year old who probably has enough money to last him the rest of his life. Uh, you know, For the rest of his life. Career. Absolutely. Um, so, so, so what's he doing? Is he ju- he's just chilling? You know, celebrating yeah, like hugs with his family. Just like, it seems to be like taking in Broadway plays and stuff like that. Um, just, <laughs> just enjoying a good time. So there wasn't a Jewish Super Bowl winner in 2022. Uh, there could be in 2023. Uh, you know, we don't, we'll, we'll have to take a look at the playoffs closer to. Uh, you I know, Greg Joseph on the Greg Vikings Joseph, comes yeah. to mind. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I guess the Vikings are probably going to be the highest seed that has a Jewish player. Um I don't know. You, you, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll look into it more in detail when we have a better sense of you know, the Packers with AJ Dillon are bad. Unfortunately, we love That's AJ yeah, and his pack- his thick thick legs. He's got real polkas right there, like real sort of chicken legs. Like not chicken legs, the fat kind of chicken legs, not the skinny kind of chicken legs. <laughs> Fam- famous for right. his quads, quadzilla as they call him, AJ right. Dillon, the Jewish quadzilla. Uh, they're bad. Uh, yeah, but Greg Joseph probably who who's had some struggles as a kicker this year, but should should make the should be their kicker in the in the playoffs. Um, so he's probably the best bet for a, a Jewish Super Bowl champ. Um, one thing we 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 mentioned before was the uh, looking forward to the twenty twenty two Winter Olympics, uh, which I guess we'll remember as a thing that happened. I, I like <laughs> this is sort of as you said about the baseball potential strike. It's sort of like I guess we focused on that and covered it, and like I guess I watched it, but. I mean, the times are so weird with it being in Beijing, Beijing that uh, I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, so 
bit of a bummer Olympics. Uh, but there was one Jewish medalist, uh, Emery Lehman of the U.S. Uh, speed skating team, won the team pursuit. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, won a bronze medal in the team pursuit. I believe that was the only Jewish athlete to win a medal, as far as we can yes, tell. Yes, we, we had some high hopes with Jason Brown, American figure skater, who was a previous medalist. Right. Um, he came up empty, unfortunately, but he seems like a wonderful guy. I, I've been – so he lived – Jason lives in Toronto. We live in Toronto, um, Canada. Even though he's an American, he trains here. I've been dreaming of running Emmons on the street and asking him a million questions about, you know, skating to the theme from Schindler's List. Um, right. But I haven't yet haven't yet run into him at the Young and Eglinton Center. Like I have dreamed of many, many times. Uh, there, there were some uh, Israeli athletes in competition at, at the Olympics. None of them medaled. Uh, Israel has still yet to win a Winter Olympics medal, unsurprisingly. Um, but uh, skier Barnabas Solis had a really great result. He came in sixth in the men's combined, which is pretty impressive. And, and that's a, that's um, like the the, you know, the triathlon of skiing, the biathlon of skiing. I know biathlon skiing, but that's like the combined is right. is it's all super, of the it, events together. Yes, I don't know if it's. Maybe all of them, but the downhill. So I, can't I think there's you know, two again, kinds of combined. Like, there, yeah, there's so many. There's, so much, there's so much sports minutia that you learn for the Olympics. And then like it, it, it has to so, you have to knock it out of your head immediately afterwards. I'm going to put this out there. I think this is why you don't see a lot of Jews who ski. There's mm-hmm. too much minutia. There's too many. Yeah, I don't want to deal with this. It's the combined, but that's different from the Nordic <laughs> combined, but it's two events. So is the biathlon, but it's different from the biathlon because that's two other events. And there are guns involved, and I don't think we want to deal with that. So I, that's my, that's my reason. I don't think Jews are involved in skiing because it's, there's too many different disciplines. Give yeah. me one. Give me one. Sure. Sure. I, I think, you know, if, if you were to tell my Zeta, there were six different disciplines he'd do like a jack of all trades as master of none thing and then like right. wave his hand and go back to a scotch and jeopardy uh the, the one other big sports story i wanted to keep an eye on at the at the time uh when we recorded at the beginning of this year was something that hasn't really panned out as well which was which was uh keeping an eye on west virginia quarterback jt daniels um jt was in his fifth year of eligibility and at his third school didn't have a great year at West Virginia. It started off pretty well. They they had this, you know, great like instant classic against Pitt where they ended up losing uh, on the last drive. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't a great year for JT. wasn't a great year for West Virginia. And uh, the reports recently are that he's going to be enter, entering the transfer portal again um, and will be on his fourth school, which is like, as someone who grew up watching a lot of college football, like kind of mind-blowing to think about a guy like being at his fourth school. Like yeah. that, that, that could even be a thing. Like, the only thing that came close was like there was occasionally a guy who um, like Cam Newton who would get recruited to a big school, leave, go to a junior college and then and then transfer from a, a Juco to a, a big school again. But even mm-hmm. that was like pretty rare that like someone would would, you know, wash out and make it back. And, and, and JT's you know, dealt with injuries and stuff like that. But we'll see where he ends up and, you know, if he can get his draft uh, stock back uh, back higher. You know, he didn't have a terrible year, but um not really what he expected in, in terms of, uh, in terms yeah, of he might not actually, he and, might, and he might, wins. you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, you always hope, obviously, you know, Josh Rosen has been a disappointment and not flamed out of the league, but like, you know, there's always a spot for a guy who's like a backup for 15 years in the NH in the NFL. So right. maybe, you know, if, if JT can't, you know, really hack it as a starter yet, maybe just saying, maybe, he can wind up being one of those 15 year uh, uh, backup guys. And I'd be proud of him nonetheless. Who knows? I mean, it's just sort of crazy to go from, you know, this guy five, five years ago or 2018, whatever, four or five years ago, what was a starter at USC. And now it's like, 
he's going to be starting somewhere probably next year. I mean, someone will will take him in. Um, yeah. And, and, you I know, mean, now that now that you don't have to sit out a year in the transfer portal, it's made right. it a lot easier to switch. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. I mean, it's something to keep in mind again. I just, I, I, you know, he was someone who was an outside, had an outside shot at winning the Heisman at the beginning of this year and didn't work out uh, to that regard. Um, so, you know, those are the things that we wanted to keep an eye on in 2022. And I think uh, we've had an interesting year in Jewish sports. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of year in review things, other sports Absolutely. stories? Anything that we focused on that uh, you thought was interesting and, and wanted to talk about again? So there's sort of one, one you know, I know a, a sport we talk about a lot. We haven't got to yet this game. But, you know, I've, I've been described as a seam head by some of my friends. I think, Jamie, you're quite the seam head, too. <laughs> sure. Um, and there are plenty of Jewish seam heads out there. So this this recap wouldn't, we wouldn't be complete if we didn't congratulate uh, Alex Bregman, um, you know, past and future potential Menchwarmers guest, Alex Fregman, Alex Bregman on his second world series championship this year. Um, right. Very exciting stuff. It was a huge year for Jews in baseball, probably one of the biggest years for of Jews in baseball. We can imagine in a while with the continued emergence of, uh, you know, both uh, uh, drafted catcher, Ellie Kligman and um, Jacob Steinman's pitcher who can, you know, six, five can hit in the nineties drafted in the first round by the Arizona diamondbacks. Sure. So those players, as well as sort of maybe Jewish MVP, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, um, you know, Goldschmidt <laughs> is, is of Jewish descent, but you know, was not raised Jewish. So he's somebody yep. to celebrate. Um, and that's only, we also saw a, like a really high number of MLB debuts are uh, also talking about Cy Young finalist, Max Fried, but we also saw a really high number of MLB debuts of Jewish players. Um, two of them I want to call out specifically um, debuted almost back to back, similar before each other. Two of the best names I, I think of in baseball, uh, Bobby Rossman. Mm-hmm. His name is actually Irving, I believe, Irving Rossman, which is Irving Rossman is is really Jewish. Like that's that's you're not going to screw that one up too often. Um, but there's a he's following in a great tradition of people named Irving or Irvin uh, going by nicknames, you know, he's yeah. A, He's the Magic Johnson of the Jewish baseball world. What about like Irv Gotti? Was yeah. you know yeah. I don't think Irv Gotti was Jewish, but th- he was. Still I think all Irv. of is the Gotti part is definitely a nickname, right? But <laughs> yeah, is Irv. I don't know. Yeah, I thought well, I you know there were plenty of Jewish people involved in Death Row Records, but I don't think Irv Gotti was one of them. Um, that said. Uh, you know, we had Bobby Rossman and then back to back Kenny Rosenberg, who that's another real throwback name, Kenny Rosenberg. Um, like it's, I, it, it reminds you, remember the Simpsons, you know, back in the 1960s, the news report read by Kenny Brockelstein. (laughs) So yeah, Kenny, Kenny Rosenberg, uh, really sounds like the, the, the birth name of a Jewish entertainer. (laughs) Like, you know, um, yeah, he actually, he's actually Kevin Rose now. Uh, but right. he was born Kenny Rosenberg. Uh, we should shout out Jewish baseball news for the sort of yeoman's work they do in, in cataloging all the Jewish baseball players year in, year out. I know there's a lot of us who use that as a constant reference. Um, I, I think that's a that's a good rose to to talk about for 2022, just like something, you know, the continued Jewish baseball dominance, I, or, or, you know, a World Series winner and uh, Max Fried being one of the most reliable pitchers in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Breg- Bregman having, you know, a bounce back season, I think, I think be- feeling really good. And, uh, you know, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but we have the World Baseball Classic coming up in in March 2023. 
Uh, I think everyone's really excited for that. Team Israel is going to show up and uh, once again, surprise people. Maybe this will be the time where it's like, it's no longer a surprise, you know? Yeah, um, they're, I think they're expected. Like they're you an know, established... They- you know, you know they're they're the team. European champions. They are they are without a doubt the best European team there is. You know, if you consider them Europe, I think based on world baseball. Like, I guess. I mean, depends like if area. depends if the Curacao and players are playing for the Netherlands. Uh, that's that, that's that true. I mean, bit. they've beaten the Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic before. Um, yeah. But you know, I agree. It's it's they are they are really with Netherlands. The two of them are the toast of Europe. Um, you know, we're getting a lot more. We'll obviously cover it a lot closer. You know, we've been we've been haggling for budget to go down to Florida and cover <laughs> the tournament from you for you. Um, Producer Michael is nonplussed at the suggestion, but I think he can sort of discuss it with his superiors and find us the answer. Um, we we are we are really trying to get down there for you and cover the baseball tournament as best as we can yeah. in Miami this we, year. At, we should uh, mention Marlin there was Stadium. there was there was just some news earlier today. Uh, I'm not sure when it was said, but Harrison Bader of the New York Yankees outfielder. Uh, who previously had committed to Team Israel has uh, advised that uh, he's not going to be participating in this year's World Baseball Classic. Not not a shocker um, because he was injured for a, a he missed a of, lot of last year. Yeah, really like most of August and September, I think. So not a shocker, but a disappointment. You know, he, he was going to be part of a, a an all major league outfield with uh, Kevin Pilar and Jock Peterson, um, but still, you know, it, it's a place where they have a strength, so it's not as uh, critical loss, maybe something else would be. He is very much a, a New York Jewish boy, you know, from yep. Scarsdale. His parents commuted to the city. Like he's, he's the kid, um, right. you know, the great, the great Jewish hope for New York baseball fans. Um, and it'll be really sad not to see him there, but there is another Yankee. We probably will, will see there. Yankees closer, Scott Efros. No, he had uh, he had the Tommy John. He had Tommy, he had Tommy John. John. Tommy yes, John. you're right. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, uh, uh, Scott, that's too bad. Um, but anyways, it's something that we'll focus on, obviously, a lot in 2023. Um, and, you know, talking about uh, Jewish sports as sorry, Jewish baseball as a sort of stick, something that's, uh, you know, worth keeping on and focusing on. There is a, a, a bit of a thorn I want to mention for, for 2022, sort of a sad story um, in terms of Jewish sports, which is the end of the Jewish sports review. Um, you know, for the last 25 years, mm-hmm. it has been, uh, you know, a biweekly newsletter that's gone out uh, that has been, you know, cataloging Jews and sports as best as possible. Uh, unfortunately, you know, printing costs had gone up. The The two editors, uh, Shell Wallman and Ephraim Moxon, uh, I think we're, we're getting a little older and is a little mm-hmm. bit more difficult to continue going. And I can only say that, you know, at the risk of, of uh, you know, humbling myself, there, there's a degree to which I feel like we are sort of continuing in that legacy. It is part of our job is, you know, cataloging these stories you know, I, I, I always say that like, you know, a third of what we do is just saying who is Jewish. And that's like what people yeah. want to know, just who is, you know, <laughs> it's, like it's they can endlessly fill in the fascinating, after man. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would say also, you know, Jewish baseball news similarly in terms of just the cataloging part of things, uh, you know, our friends at uh, JTA and forward who, who do similar work. It's all, I, I think that we're all part of a, a, a brotherhood, a, a mishpucha of, uh, you know, Jewish sports media who are, you know, trying to trying to do our best to sort of keep people informed about these things and, 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 talk and about raise the profile of our Jewish athletes. You know, it, it's yeah, absolutely. we haven't yet gotten to our NHL recap, but, you know, it's it's Adam Fox is a great example where you can find out, you know, the guy wins the Norris Trophy. He's a big star in New York. He's, you know, a defenseman of the future. And then you get you get to have the response of people going, he's Jewish. 
you know, it's, it's the <laughs> right. most exciting part of this gig, I have to say. Yeah. And, and I mean, on that note, I, you talk about hockey. I think there was a, a the, there was a big hockey story, not big, big in our world of uh, <laughs> Colorado Avalanche uh, forward. I'm going to guess uh, yes. Andre Burakovsky, um, who I think uh, he scored an overtime winner. Is that what, is that what the story was? I in in the I, playoffs? I yes. Hockey that much, yeah. In the, in the and, Stanley Cup finals. And they won the Stanley Cup. Colorado game. won the Stanley Cup. And, yeah. you know, I, I we've talked about this a lot of times. There's a lot of debate over whether or not he's Jewish. Right, right. And the answer seems to be that he's not. I mean, he, he's on, <laughs> he, he seems to be on the record about it, or his dad is. And uh, I'm sure it'll just continue to be misreported as something, you know, until it's corrected at some point in the future or... Uh, I feel like ask him outright about it. There's know. there's only really two kinds of responses to when you ask an athlete, "Are you Jewish?" It's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely," and like, "Oh God, no." Um, <laughs> that that said, we you know it's a little mentors behind the scenes. We uh, have confronted PGA Tour golfer Andrew Novak previously to ask <laughs> if he's Jewish, and he was wonderful about the whole thing. He's not, but he was a really nice dude. Yeah, I think that was one of the stories from from Jewish Sports Review of like getting this the straight dope on on uh tennis pro marty fish and him just being like <laughs> look i'm married to a jewish woman like i'd be happy to be jewish but i'm just not and like please stop please stop people misreporting me as jewish like yeah i think marty fish's wikipedia page is still like uh you know there's a, there's a debate going on about whether or not he's jewish i mean but, it's it's uh, absolutely the same on um on uh Burakovsky's story i think on the wikipedia talk page it's mostly us and other nerds discussing right. whether or not he's jewish um, well, I, so we've talked about the good and the bad in 2022. Uh, I, I think the ugly is is pretty obvious one of uh, just the anti-Semitism uh, scandal. Yeah, there's the a NBA. lot of it. I think I think there's a lot of it everywhere. The NBA is yeah. not not the only place, but it's certainly no. But there that was right the biggest now. one of 2022. Yeah. I, I I hope that's something we leave in the past. I mean, I always hope like you know I, I feel like we have to reset a sign that says you know it's been this many days since last pro sports anti-Semitism scandal. Uh, I guess we'll see what 2023 brings us. Maybe, uh, maybe a year without an anti-Semitism scandal. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers, but I don't think that's going to That would be a very good Twitter background. Um, maybe we can get on that for the the one later, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I have a quick bud I would like to share. Um, sure. And that's, you know, we talked about roses. We talked about thorns. We didn't really talk much about hockey, but I want to talk about, um, San Jose prospect, Ozzy Weisblatt. Um, You know, a uh, Calgarian-born hockey player. He's the oldest brother. Um, uh, he was born to parents who are incidentally both deaf in uh, Calgary, Alberta, but that doesn't okay. affect whether or not he's Jewish and whether or not he plays. Um, he was a first-round pick in 2021. He is now he finishes two years in junior. He's currently playing in uh, the minors in the AHL. Is probably going to wind up playing um, at some point, you know, get a cup of coffee in the season. The Sharks are just OK. So there's a lot of room for him to play. Um, but he also has three younger brothers, uh, Ocean, Orca and Oasis, all oh, of whom awesome. all Weisblatt, who are all hockey players. Um, so one day, hopefully we see, you know, Ocean passing to Orca, passing to Ozzy, three Weisblatt's in San Jose, all scoring together. Uh, that's my that's my bud for 2022 in terms of Jewish sports is the Weisblatt family of Calgary, Alberta. Uh, do you? That's have wonderful. Any? That's wonderful. Uh, I don't know about a bud. I mean, I think the the World Baseball Classic is the thing I'm I'm looking forward to most in the in the coming uh, secular year. Um, and, <laughs> and it, uh, we can we know. can do either 2023 or 5783 84, whichever you prefer. 
I think it's later. I think it's 50, well, I don't know. Um, 57, 84. That sounds about right, actually. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, there's a lot, you know, obviously we will, we will be back and we will be bringing people the stories, I think, uh, that we and hopefully they find interesting about everything to do with Jews and sports. I mean, this is an ongoing project and, uh, you know, there's always things to keep us coming back. So uh, I think that's, that's, you know, a good place to probably leave it with lots of hope for the future. Um, you know, wish everybody a, a happy and healthy Hanukkah, uh, happy new year and uh, a Festivus for, for those who celebrate, I, uh, you know, I think a quasi Jewish holiday as, as it is. And, uh, you know, so let it, let us all enjoy raise your holiday, our, enjoy your holiday season. Yeah, exactly. Let us all raise our glasses next year at the world baseball classic. Yeah, that's right. Next year in Miami, if, uh, if we can find a right. <laughs> find a way to get down there and, and our wives will let us uh go and, and yeah abandon our children to go cover a baseball tournament <laughs> with cody decker and hang out <laughs> that's that's the dream really living the dream there. and cody uh, if you're listening I, let's hang <laughs> uh until next time uh we'll see you in 2023 uh you can find our work as always at the canadian jewish news website the cjn.ca uh we've been brought to you by our executive producer michael Freeman. Uh, who is, you know, always on our side and uh, sitting there with a grin on his face, listening to us and occasionally eh, butting a little. to tell us that to tell us that we're fidgeting too much and, and, and playing with things and making noise uh, and all that. So thank you to Michael for, for being a great producer this year. Thanks. Thank you to Gabe uh, for all, always right being there with me. Right back at you, Mike, my guy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, and follow us on Twitter. We're always there to mix things up uh, on on Elon's uh, Elon's Twitter, you know you can find us at Menschwarmers. Uh, until next year, we'll see you. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.